It's cracking time, baby. Oh no. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, we're back. My God. I can't yeah. believe you started the show like that. Yeah, because if those of you hello there, listeners of the two on one podcast. I'm Adam. I'm joined, of course, as always, by my dear friends and my fellow co hosts, Daniel and Alex. Guys, how are you? I'm good. I'm okay. Actually, I'm more than okay. Yeah, you pumped after that UFC event last night? Yeah, there were actually sports on last night. I don't think I've watched a sporting event, like a new sporting event, in a month and a half. You guys were watching Korean baseball? No. No. No? No? Okay. I was watching watching Game 6, 2018, Nashville-Winnipeg, and I thought it was like maybe the game Nashville got eliminated. I hate when you replay games that aren't actually important. Like, just give me a serious clincher and we can be fine. Yeah, you know what's funny? Um, I haven't watched, I think I watched part of 93, uh, 1993. It was Detroit. They they just had it on while I was editing, uh, the last podcast. That was the only old game I watched. Yeah. I'm just not as interested. They're all saying a bunch of them. Mm, Yeah. What have been your favorites to watch so far? Uh, double overtime of the conference finals between the Rangers and the Devils when the Rangers went on to win the cup. When Messi promised a cup in New York, all right, and uh, he, I know he beat a young Martin Broder, a twenty-four-year-old, I believe, loser. <laughs> but yeah, it was sad because I thought like the Canucks had the momentum to kind of like do something. Man, the Canucks have always—that's a—that's a big story for the Canucks. They've got lots there, but they can just never get it done. We'll get to them a little later. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll start the show off since we're talking about the UFC and that uh, last night during the UFC event. Uh, it was announced that arguably the greatest mixed martial artist of all time, uh, George St. Pierre, will be inducted to the UFC Hall of Fame class uh, of 2020, guys. And um, I know, Alex, you're a much bigger UFC guy than I am. But if there are a few that even the casual fan know of, uh, it's, it's George St. Pierre. Yeah. yeah. For sure. An absolute star. Mm-hmm. Star. Star. In the, and he's French. I remember when he came back to, his, uh, to fight Michael Bisbon. Mm-hmm. He came, him, Michael Bisman, and Dave, Dana White were all at the Bell Center, and I was at the, that game, and they they love him there. Like the, like French Canada love their guys so much, and he came back after he beat Bisman with the belt too, and it was insane. Like he is, and he's a nice guy, yeah, which is incredible. That is, yeah, yeah. you don't get a whole lot of nice guys. No, I know we're not big UFC guys in general, but do you guys maybe have a favorite fight or a moment from GSP's uh, fantastic, illustrious career? Uh, to be honest, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I recently started watching UFC, like in January. Oh, okay. I hopped on the bag bandwagon when McGregor came back, but I have been absolutely hooked ever since. All right, what about you, Daniel? Sorry. Um, okay, my um. My extent with UFC is something that I actually really want to work on, seeing at how like you know it's really interesting and something to kind of like like delve into. Um, my extent is probably the video games. No, oh, they're so good, so good. And and uh, George St. Pierre's commercials. You know, he's his product commercials. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's it with me. But like Our- a favorite fighter, <laughs> I just remember like Chuck Chuck Liddell. Uh, Ken Shamrock and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> All right, Mr. WWE. Okay, over there. I, wait, wait, wait. wait. Was, were George St. Pierre's commercials, were they as cringy as Martin Brodeur's commercials? Um, The thing is with Marty, it's just 
the ones with Martin is because he talked a lot, right? It just um, George and Pierre's like they were like very uh, just one statement or one sentence, so they yeah. were at like they they were like okay, mm. but you know you love both of them. Right. Marty sold out. Marty sold out. Plus, it's weird. You never see. You never really. The only hockey commercials I really remember commercials with hockey players is you know you think of your Dion Tavares weird one. The first memories of the 1990s. You don't remember that. Stop lying. Or of um you know Crosby or McKinnon doing a very quiet Gatorade commercial when there's a narrator there. Yeah. So. That probably doesn't help and Marty. The Tim Hortons commercials. Don't forget about the great Tim Hortons yes. commercials. Those are actually pretty good. I, I won't lie. I That's really part really of the show. That is. Those are those are part of the show. You know. Yeah, because we buy hockey cards every year. Yeah. The question yeah, is, true. are we going to buy hockey cards this year? Yeah. Yes. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, are they going to release hockey cards this year? Oh, that's a good question. I yeah, same same here. Um, but speaking of the show, we'll keep going here. Uh, MLB the show, why not? Oh my uh, god, well, that was a I transition think, uh, and a half. I know, right? I'm I like that. On those, uh, Alex, you have some questions yeah. to ask our Daniel, resident baseball here. Yes. Why is there forty rounds in an MLB draft? All right, interesting. You say that. So when you get drafted into the MLB, you don't have to declare. Okay. Um. For example, like I always use this example, you could be someone in grade eleven or grade twelve, usually grade twelve. Yeah. You could be doing a math test, and you could be drafted. You don't even know it. That's so uh, weird. Because there's just like you don't have to declare. Like they just scouts go around and they right. just go like, oh, I want to pick this kid. So the reason why there's forty rounds is there's like you know how like there's ECHL, AHL for NHL. Yeah. Um, there's like technically like five minor league teams in baseball that you have to like work your way up to get to the MLB that's why like they want to change that because there's so much there's like a team could technically control a guy for like seven years yeah he's he's like you could be a restricted free agent up until you're, you're 30 sometimes wow uh because you have to work your way up so yeah that's why there's so many rounds that's why I'd like this is like two things like I take from baseball like one thing that I love is you could be drafting your franchise guy in like the fifteenth round, because right. you're gonna you're gonna develop this kid for like five or six years, and you don't even know it. But at the same time, too, it's like uh, fans, like especially for the smaller markets, they if they get like a superstar franchise guy, like sometimes he might not even make it like the first one or two years because he's still gonna go through the system. Right. So yeah, that's why there's a lot of picks. And now also, there's five. Yeah. yeah. So, Daniel, what what I want to ask you is then is it, okay. Um, this is this was broken by ESPN's Jeff Passan, and I believe it's Kylie McDaniel that the MLB will shorten their amateur draft down to five rounds again, as Alex said, from yeah because of COVID nineteen. Um, how big of a deal really is that? Because you just look at it, that's minus thirty five rounds. It's pretty Brad brutal. But as someone who actually understands the baseball development system, mm-hmm. uh. Is this good? Is this bad? What do we need to know? I think it's going to be a bigger trend now. It's going to be the same thing like I find with the with basketball. With like, There's going to be more commitments to university now because there's a lot of guys that they were going to probably like – this is like – you know, we talked about it in Moneyball. The biggest weight, like weighing factor, like are you going to take the money and beca- turn pro at 17 or 18 or are you going to go to university? Now that, you know, there might be a guy that like – Scout's going to say, you know, you're, you're projected to not go in the top five rounds. He's like, oh, you know, I should probably consider university then yeah. at this point just to, like, f- 
polish, you know, pol- polish his game. Uh, so I did the math. So because you're losing 35 rounds, there's 30 teams in the MLB. 1,050 players will not be drafted in the MLB draft this year. Yeah. 1,050. So, like, one other, yeah, one other trend I'm going to see there, too, is because, like, there's an example. Like, I'll use Marcus Stroman for an example. Okay. Like, he was, he was originally drafted, I believe, by the LA Dodgers, but, like, it was, like, in the 37th round. Okay. Something yeah. like that. And then he's like, no, I'm not signing. I want to develop my game and become a better player. And then right. he went to, he went to Duke. And then he uh, gets drafted by the Blue Jays in the first round. So yeah. you're gonna just see more of that, where like guys are just not gonna like they're just gonna go to school now. I think to put that in comparison, in the NHL draft, there's 217 players. Yeah. <laughs> so you said it was over a thousand players they're missing. I also did some math. You could probably tell by the pain in my face. Yeah. If you do a 20-man roster, 12 forwards, six defensemen, uh, two goalies, That's and I believe I did this times 32, so that's okay. what being included. If Seattle, that's only 640 players. Mm-hmm. That's insane. That's the NHL. So if you took away the main roster of every NHL team, there's still about 400 players that the MLB have over them in a draft alone. That is incredible. Um, hey, that's a lot of. I, I assume now there's going to be a lot more, maybe free agent signings. Fortunately, we've had some of those in the NHL as well, despite you know the lack of news. We'll start with two more free agent ones, uh, and we'll start off Alex talking about Miko Letton and the Leafs signed him to a one-year entry-level deal over nine hundred thousand dollars. And apparently, uh, Elliot Friedman said in three one thoughts this week that other teams, unsurprisingly, were not happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about it. Uh, talked about him on Wednesday, right? That's when we first yeah. talked about it. We talked about the Montreal aspect of it. Fantastic rant, by the way. That was great. I like that. <laughs> I like that part. Twenty minutes of rage. <laughs> um, he's an. I said this on Wednesday too. He's an interesting player uh, in general. You know, he kind of had. This was really his breakout year uh, in the last couple of years put up 24 and 29 points then this year he puts up 49 and of all leagues it's the khl and you know putting up points in the khl you know especially as a defenseman it it does say something now whether that translates to nhl ice is is obviously a completely different story uh one thing that i guess worries not worries uh in a big way but a lot of you know, highlights and stuff like that were really focused on the power play. Um, and, you know, obviously the Leafs, you have Riley as your first guy. That's your power play quarterback. Um, you know, Barry played a little bit this year, but that's obviously because, in my opinion, I think Riley struggled uh, this year on the power play, whether that be because the system sucked uh, or Babcock was too controlling, whatever you want to put. Uh, the reason for that. So you put Barry there, but I think next year with a new assistant coach, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens with that. I think Lettinen's going to end up being that second uh, power play quarterback. Now, the interesting thing about the Leafs, not necessarily interesting, it's um, they have all these defensemen. Like, I can list them out, right? Riley, they have. Muzzin, they have Dermot, Sandine, Liliagrin, Hall. That should be six, right? 
Yeah, Marty. Stop. Martin Marincic. If listen, if you need to have a seventh defenseman, sure, put Martin Marincic in there. Yeah, that's what I, he yeah, is. That's, that's cool. what he signed for. Yeah. Anyway, so, but yeah, those are the six you've named so far. I think I'm missing one. So what? Oh. Biley, Biley, wow. Riley, Riley, Muzzin, Sandine, Dermot, Dermot, Lilligren, Hall. Lettinen, there we go. I missed okay. Right, that's 7D right there. So what do you necessarily do? You have to re-sign Dermot in the summer. And, you know, the cap is obviously something we've talked about on the show a lot. And it's going to be a real nightmare scenario uh, for a lot of teams, Leafs included. Now, do you go out and just trade Dermot? I don't know if that's necessarily the smartest thing to do. I think you see where you can sign Dermot. If Dermot really isn't budging which uh, you know I don't think that's going to be the case then trade him because it, it makes you know to sign in Toronto especially with the team that like the d- defense that they have it's not like he's a step above most of the guys mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it seems like you know or from my knowledge he's not a step above he potentially could be he can come and absolutely just impress everyone and you know he'll play he, he could play in the lineup that's why i think you know depending on the preseason he could potentially be on the starting opening opening li- night lineup and you know is Lilligren ready that's the I think of everything that's by far the biggest question mark because I think you know the right side is really weak and I think now's the time to try Dermot on the right side and yeah he only played a little bit but just tr- uh, he played a little bit with the Marlies but try him see what happens uh, Lettinen also played on the right side I believe uh, last year or two years ago he played a full season on the right side. He's played on the right side with Finland. So try him on the right side, and that clears things up because, it, in a way, it clears things up. Because then you have Riley, Muzzin, Sandine as your left side. Then you have Dermot, Hall, Lettinen on your right side in whatever order. So I think it's interesting to see what the Leafs do moving forward, whether they think Liljegren is ready or not. I think is by far the biggest question mark uh, for this team. Mm-hmm, perfect. Uh, you covered a lot of bases there, Alex. Daniel, anything to add there about uh, this great signing and uh, one that has the rest of the league very upset? Yeah, you know, great player. He's going to come in right away to be a top four guy, I think. Um, 700K, 700,000K, you know, can't complain about that. Especially the Leafs. Uh, 925. 925. Uh, Nine twenty-five. Okay. Uh, sorry about that. Um, Too level though, so it doesn't. Yeah, I think for like what Alex's interesting thing about the cap, it's like what they're gonna do with Dermot. I think he's gonna be an RFA, and they're gonna like try to negotiate it with him throughout. I guess what we're gonna perceive as an off season, but um, I was interested. Like I think of like Andreas Janssen. Like I I see him as someone that's like. Maybe an extra guy now? Is he someone that like you could think you get rid of him and then use that cap to sign Dermot? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I wouldn't trade Janssen to sign Dermot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think if you're looking at trading, like when I remember towards 
the trade deadline towards after the pan like the freaking pandemic um trading Janssen and Dermot were something people talked about but it's also something that people try to shy away from because if you think about it Janssen really hasn't had a good season he you know he's been injured just hasn't been what he was the year before Dermot coming off an injury not everyone can come off an injury like Zach Hyman Mm -hmm. yeah right so um trading them now is trading them at a low it's the same thing as trading Nylander at the end of last season it made zero Mm -hmm. sense because you're going to get pennies on the dollar because he hasn't performed yeah all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna reel us back in here because we're going a bit off of the signing front here. Um, but a uh, a great signing for the Leafs again, the defenseman who can play on the right side apparently, which is um always been like as has been a big thing with the Leafs for the past few years. So we need to address. So hey, for those of you criticizing Kyle Dubas, he's trying things. He's doing the but exact it's not same. Not a right hand, not right hand guy, right? Well, right scenario. The left right balance is over. <laughs> Dubas is doing exactly what somebody in that a, a, a manager in that scenario should do when you you know you're paying all this money to your your top level guys is he's finding those European guys those cheap guys so um, you know great signing for the Leafs we move on to our second free agent signing and Daniel the San Jose Sharks <laughs> have a 21 year old goaltender. Alexi Mendichuk to a two year deal, deal another nine hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Who's Askarov, Daniel, when we've got oh. Alexei Melnichuk? But in all seriousness, a great signing for the Sharks, yeah. who have some very big questions in goaltending this season, even last season as well. I think, yeah, that's huge for them that they get this guy who's, you know, he's 21. <clears throat> he has that professional experience. He's somewhat like, yeah, like, we, we look, I think when we were doing, like, the uh, expansion draft, like, we're looking at, like, yeah, what is San Jose, like, to be honest, like, what do they really have? Because, like, all those years of trading their draft picks, trying to win it all, you know, trying to, like, rely on those veteran forwards. They just, they, they really needed this, especially with goaltending. Like, I like, I love Martin Jones, you know, solid 2010 real junior guy. But, you know, he just, it's, he, he's not a starter. Like, he had that one, one and a half good run with the Sharks when he first came in when they went to the finals and, like, the next year. But I, it's, it's, it's getting pretty bad there. No. Yeah. I, I, an interesting thing about this guy, and I think you brought up, um, you brought up Askarov earlier. So this is from JD JD Burke at Elite Prospects. Uh, he's this is a, his tweet. Uh, Spoke with an NHL scout who regards Alexei Melnichuk as an excellent signing. Uh, quote: There's an age difference, sure, but he's a better goalie prospect at present than Yaroslav <coughs> Askarov. All right. Well, you know, um, <laughs> you know, it can might be, be like a Brett Leeson situation. You know, he he's gonna he's gonna you know run around a few circles with like you know the younger guys. But you know, yeah. well, you know, it, it, there'll be some parody, or you know, well, we don't ever know. You know, later on. Speaking of Brett Leeson, you're like last year in the draft when Sam Constantino was ripping his hair out and no one was taking Brett Leeson. You're like anytime someone brings up a, a, a goaltending process, pro, a goaltending prospect that is not. Askarov. Who's Spencer? We don't need Spencer. Your birthday's in a week, so I might get you an Askarov jersey just for the oh, house. Thank right? you. Uh, but now we'll what, go on to you. Wait, wait, which team? Um, we'll, I'll, I'll pick it's it out St. there. St. Petersburg. 
Skagay, St. Petersburg, man. Uh, Jesus Christ, those those Russian teams are really insane. But anyway, uh, we'll move on from the free agent signings, quote-unquote. We'll go to some drafty ones. Alex, uh, a great signing for a divisional rival for the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Florida Panthers are bringing in their 2018 first-rounder, Gregory Denisenko, to a three-year entry-level deal. Hey, guess how much it is? $925,000. This is the guy who... You don't. He's another one of those KHL guys. He didn't have a lot of ice time, but apparently he is a weapon offensively. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting time in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Henrik Borgstrom, Borgstrom, sorry, uh, signed a two-year deal with a team in Finland. I will check if you can check that. He, I know it might not be Finland. It might be another European country. It really seems like, uh, you know, there's a website, now the name's not coming to me, but they uh, look at traje- trajectories. And Florida, Florida's Henrik Borgstrom and Alexei Hiponiemi, it's just been an absolute nightmare for them. Uh, now, what is Florida's AHL team called? Uh, oh, that's a great question. The Florida NA- AHL team, that's what I'm <laughs> calling them right now. It doesn't seem like they're developing. Oh, uh, Springfield Thunderbirds. Springfield Thunderbirds. How you know that is amazing. That's impressive. Um, but, yeah, this is another guy. You know, there's talks of whether he's going to play in the NHL or if he's going to go. Can he play in the AHL? How old? He's 19, so he probably is going to. Well, no, he can play in the AH- AHL because he is from Europe. Uh, because why, why have rules that don't make sense? It's, uh it's the sport um, of hockey. Yeah. There's know. nothing official, but apparently, like, I can't find any legitimate source, yeah. but there is word that he's going to the KHL. KHL. Okay. Which is, uh, okay. yeah, that's a disaster because I remember he was a Hobie Baker winner or a finalist, wasn't he? Um, oh, sir, I'll, I'll not, keep. But I'm not sure, but he he's supposed to be, like, this is one of their guys. Like, this is one of their. <clears throat> Not new core because their core is Barkov, um, Barkov, Huberdo, Ekblad, but he's supposed to be one of the surrounding pieces. And it just—I don't know what the hell's going on in Springfield, but it really seems like things are not going well because not even just Borgstrom, but also Hippenyemi has not worked out in, or is not going well in Springfield. So it's interesting to see what they do with uh, Denisenko. You know, they're probably losing one or potentially both of Hoffman and Dadnov. So what they do there, be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hippo Nyemi, what a fantastic name, by the way. Absolutely. He was on Finland when they won uh, when they won gold in World Juniors a few years ago against the uh, the United States. It was a great name, Hippo Nyemi. People near me. Uh, we have a bit more Leafs news on the front. Uh, Leafs assistant coach and former Florida Panthers assistant coach as well. Paul McFarland steps down from his post uh, and will become the head coach of the OHL's Kingston Frontenacs. Apparently he's yep. looking to be a head coach in the league and he thinks his best route is through the OHL. Now there is a lot kind of here yeah so he was a uh, head coach from 14 15 to 16 17 in kingston as well uh but now you know he just went back i, I don't think things worked out in 
Toronto the way I th- I think we all thought it would. It, it, it was obvious as soon as this guy was fired, as soon as Babcock was fired, um, that there was something wrong with the special teams. Mm-hmm. Like we knew that someone was controlling the special teams that shouldn't have been, and it was quite obvious it was Babcock. As soon as he left, it seems like everything changed. The day, I think it was the first game from for Keith's tenure up until uh, everything shut down, they had the second best power play in the league behind wow. Edmonton. Now he's going to he's going to Kingston and he gets to coach exceptional player Shane Wright, which I think is awesome for him. Oh yes, the sixteen-year-old. Oh. Yeah. I, oh, that's sorry to interrupt, but like I had it open because I was double checking their roster. Yeah. And I'm looking at Shane Wright, and I realize he was born in '04. Yeah. Oh wow. man. Yeah. Oh, I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I guess another interesting uh, story here is what the hell is going to happen with the assistant coach position in Toronto. My guess, you know, everyone's talking about Bruce Bridger. I think I don't know if people are joking around or not, but I think we all know that ain't going to happen because that guy can get a head coach job uh, whenever the hell he wants. I think the most likely, in my opinion, um, the most likely assistant coach is AJ McLean, uh, who spent this year uh, with the Marlies. He's been with the Marlies for the last uh, few years. He's actually been with Sheldon Keefe since 2013. Oh, wow. uh, was there with him in Sault Ste. Uh, Sault Ste. Marie, uh, and was brought on as part of the staff when Keefe was hired as the Marlies head as the Marlies head coach. Uh, you know, there was always you know, uh, Justin Bourne talks about in Hockey Central about the relationship that McLean and um, Keith have. I wouldn't be surprised if McLean uh, ends up as assistant coach and runs the power play just like he did with the Marlies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just realized. Um, that's before I go to that, uh, Daniel. What do you have to say, Paul McFarland, a guy who? Of course, it was successful the power play over in Florida. Came over to Toronto. Everyone thought, man, if he could have, if if McFarland does with uh, Toronto what he did with Barkov, um, Yandel, and that, and then he gets Briley, he gets Matthews, Tavares, it's going to be banger, 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 banger. But it wasn't quite the case there. Even with, you know, Barry, I haven't even mentioned Nylander, all these weapons, mm-hmm. just couldn't just couldn't put it all together. Yeah, I don't know what really kind of went on there, but uh, but it kind of feels like. Maybe it's like I just think from the whole personal standpoint, I think he just he already had that kind of role already as an assistant coach that I don't know, it was run of the mill kind of thing. Like I agree with Alex said, like he found that like you know, maybe he wants to be a head coach now. Like this is the route he's gonna take. Yeah. And it's kinda something where he I think he's in a perfect position now to do it. Like he had the NHL experience and then he goes back to like a familiar environment where I think he's gonna keep growing it. Um, but yeah, I, <clears throat> that, that was kind of interesting. Like what was going on with that power play? Uh, it's kind of something that I was like, I don't know. something it's kind of off there with the leaves. I, I think it was, li- I, listen, I'm not in the dressing room, but the fact that as soon as Babcock left <clears throat> from that point on until the end of the season, that the Leafs had the second best power play, 
I, I think all point all signs should point towards Babcock. Oh yeah, and when he, he's last year in Florida, they had the second best power play behind Tampa. Yeah. Tampa Bay team had sixty two wins. I look at I you know I, I look at um, McFarland. I think you know what. Maybe after Bugner was let go in Florida, he thought maybe this is my chance. And then Quinville was was available, and the Panthers go get him. You know, goes to Florida. Um, maybe there's a part of him that you know goes to Toronto and sees what happens with Babcock and thinks maybe there's a chance. I mean, even though we all kind of knew what was happening with Sheldon Keith, but I mean, you look at the guy's career path the past few years, and yeah, maybe this was is fine. This season was maybe a final sign of saying, okay, maybe if I want to get this head coach job. I got to take a step back to go. For, I mean, to quote the headline of this article from Luke Fox, uh, one step back, two step forwards, really. Uh, the, the the little thing I had a few seconds ago was um, I forgot Romanoff. Oh, oh I, thought you, I thought you were just saving that till the end. I know. End. I, yeah, same here. I thought it was going to be like the biggest thing that you're going to like <laughs> yell or something into the, like, the mic. <clears throat> I, I'm, I feel too sick to do it. Um, but yeah, oh, okay. Alexander Romanov has agreed to turn to the Montreal Canadiens finally. No. He bought a one-way ticket. He's excited. Um, I'm very happy. Uh, the reason it's agreed terms is because um, there's a very strange thing to do with this season and all the uncertainty around it, but he has committed. It's a three-year contract, right? It is. Sorry, it's three years. I can't find the exact AAV because nothing's official yet, but yeah, it's a it's a three-year entry-level deal. So if he plays, question like because you know last year we saw Kale McCarr, we saw Quinn Hughes come in from college, so it's a little bit different. He's coming in from Russia, but as soon as they stepped on the ice, their entry-level contract came into effect. Is that how it's going to work with Romanov? So if he plays this year. This is technically year one, whereas if he starts next year, it's three years. Three, I believe years. so, but I think I saw something that either Eric Engels or John Liu put out that somebody was talking to NHL um, NHL Deputy Commissioner uh, Bill Daly, right? Not not the other one in Florida, Bill Daly. And it, I don't know how this came up with him, but it would be unlikely that Romanov would be able to play this year. Yeah. So, but I if he had played, that would have been the case because there was talk of that entry-level slide. So if he did, yeah, I think it would. But if this – and I'm taking it for a grain of salt because I can't – and I tried to find – I couldn't find the exact quote. But um, it doesn't sound like Ronald will be able to play because if it is the that rule of they can't sign – if they sign after the trade deadline, they can't play. I mean, maybe if there were some regular season games, then I think he could and then it would slide. But that's not – it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Okay. Um, um, Daniel, Daniel, just quickly, quickly. Mm-hmm. I just happened to hop on um, Cap Friendly, and we got two huge Anaheim Ducks signings right here. <laughs> just for Daniel. Uh, Sam Carrick, one-year contract <laughs> extension, $700,000. And Brendan Gooley from the Buffalo Sabres trade. Two years, $800,000. It's pretty funny. I'm excited for that signing, even though last episode I said, um, you know, I don't know where this guy's development is going. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fine. Like, oh, those are good, like, good depth signings. He might become something. Um, before we move on, um, I'm also on the Alex Romanoff hype train now, I think. Uh, watching him play, seeing a few games, I think like he's up there when you talk about like Kirill Kaprasov, 
coming out of the KHL. Like Alex Romanoff's a guy where I kind of feel like perfect pick for Montreal where they are with their defense. Um, exciting guy, another young guy they could add to say like, you know, we're building something here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've yelled about it too much. You man, know. I was I was so like, they ruined like this was I woke up to I had a text from my <clears throat> saying that Romanov had come. I had a text from Alex and I saw that Alex had retweeted that you may have texted me. I can't remember. No, you I saw texted that, me. Uh, like I, I woke up. Oh no, sorry, it must have been. I saw your reach retweet yeah. and I saw from the Habs app, obviously. Yeah. I was so happy until I went on Twitter. Remember how I, I haven't been on Twitter a lot since the the quarantine happened? Yes, sir. And I see uh, Alexander Romanov. Hey, see, mon ami, he's here. And I, I made the mistake of going to the replies. And it was oh, just... Oh, no. It, was, and it wasn't even Habs fans because they were so happy. But it was Leafs fans saying, it's, it's the normal damn thing. Sandine's better. Oh, Can, is this no, your... No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Before you continue your spiel. Yeah. Let's just be clear what type of Leaf fans you're dealing with. These are the idiots that don't represent the whole of the fan there base. There we go. Sorry, it's just, just I'm very, I was very upset about this. So, and I mean, the Montreal Canadiens have it all the time. If you ever lose to the Habs, go and check your team's Twitter account because the Habs fans will be replying to it. We mentioned this before, where it's like, if you love anything in this world, do not check the comment section. <laughs> no. Well, anyway, yeah. it was it was you know those idiots that every fan base has. Right? Yeah. They're saying like, oh, this is your consolation prize for not getting letting in. Shut up. You know, Sandy. They're they're completely different. That makes players. no sense. Just be quiet. But it was. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm I hate my here. fan base. I, hey, same here. I think I may have to make Romanov and Markov into the same video. No, it's separate videos. We'll do it. <laughs> no, it's like okay, like Alec, um, Markov like goes into the horizon of his retirement, oh. but then like there's a, it's like that fade in of Romanov coming I like in. It. So yes, <laughs> I like it, Daniel. Daniel's on point. Yeah, a, a new hope. Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> Star Wars. Just put them, just put them like on the twin sons, and instead of <laughs> it's his face over Romanov's, and the two sons are Markov and Kovalchuk. Okay, so who's gonna whose face is gonna be on Luke Skywalker's face? Because obviously, that's... just to be clear, we're not putting, we're not gonna use the scene from Episode Nine. No, no, no. no, no okay. So Romanov will be Luke Skywalker. Then yeah. the two sons in in on Tatooine, yeah. one will be Kovalchuk, and the other one will be Andre Markov. Is how I think. Um, if you could do that, yeah, I'll I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And well, a Tuscan Raider will be will be Radulov. That because, sounds like so much fun. Like I want to try to do that. Uh, it, it's good things for the Habs. Again, they've been they've been doing some good stuff with drafting and developing. Um, um, can you clear so, something up quickly? Go ahead. He's not Drew Doughty. Thank you for the love. He's not. Of God. Shut up. Oh my God. He's not Drew I saw that and just went, all right. This is, <laughs> I want to, I want to that. clear that up. I, 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 that. I didn't want to burst your bubble. Yeah, no, I, I realized that. I realized that. Um, uh, if anything, I know he's going to be, uh, and I'm not comparing him to these players, but he'll be uh, a Jonas Brodeen, maybe a Slavin, um, a Pesci when it comes to defensive responsibility, which I very much enjoy. Um, so, Daniel. Yes. And Alex. If I were to ask you guys, what's the biggest strength of the Vancouver Canucks organization over the past few years, besides spending money on July 1st? Um, what would you say it is? Drafting. Drafting. Scouting, Scouting drafting. Scouting yeah. drafting. Okay, so bad news in Vancouver, which is just music to my ears. 
Um, first of all, a great read at sportsnet.ca from Ian McIntyre. I'm talking about Judd Brackett. Yeah, he's basically Vancouver's directing of amateur scouting. He is uh, Vancouver. Look, sorry, what did I say? No, no, no. You said Van- uh, you were right. I'm just saying he is Vancouver. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So Especially he the last three years. director of amateur scouting. He's been around since the Mike Gillis days, to be honest. So he looks to be on his way out. Just rejected the contract offer from the Canucks. And it seems to be a bit of a power struggle between him and Jim Benning. And as McIntyre says in this piece, Alex, you said he is, um, actually is Vancouver. Apparently the only people who are liked more in this organization, Elias Pedersen, Quinton Hughes, and Jacob Markstrom. And this has nothing to do at past. This is a quote from the article. Sources confirmed to Sportsnet that the contract impasse is nothing about brackets pay or job title. So the Canucks are about to lose the guy who is basically responsible for really when we think about the Canucks. As you guys said, it's been drafting and developing. This is, and, and by the way, Jim Benning doesn't have a contract either. So there is a power struggle between two people who don't have contracts right now, and there could be a chance the Canucks lose both. But, Alex, I'll start with you. How colossal of a loss would this be for the Canucks to lose Judd Brackett? Well, I, I have here, you know, Judd Brackett has been with the team since uh, 08, 09. Uh, he was then made director of amateur scouting 2015, 16. I have the draft the draft up here. You know, 2016, okay, maybe not the best draft. Oli Ulevi didn't turn out to be, uh, you know, we don't really know what he is. I have here 2017, Elias Pettersson, uh, Cole Lind, Lind, who hasn't played in the NHL but could, and uh, Mikey DiPietro. Fantastic. That was great. 2018. Three players who could have played it, who can and probably will play in the NHL. Quinn Hughes... Jet Wu. Great name. Tyler Madden. Didn't he trade to... Oh, no, sorry. I'll shut up. I'll shut up. I'll yeah, shut up. Tyler yeah. Madden was traded to um, LA. Good player. Yeah, sorry Great about that. Last year, I have two... These are the two players that probably we know that will end up being in the NHL. Obviously, the rest, we have no idea. Vasily Podkolzin... Niles Niels Hoglander, who just signed with the team, who probably is their, if not best, second best prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those are fantastic. You talk about Hoglander. Sweden might get to the gold medal game if they have Neil um, Hoglander healthy. I mean, if he didn't get thrown out of the the silver the um qualifying game against Canada. I mean, if you want to go to the year before, we can do that. Let's go. Brock Besser, Adam Godet. Good prospect. The year before that, twenty fourteen, he's still amateur scout. Jake Vertanen, Jared McCann, Thatcher Demko, uh, Nikita Trimakin. 79 games in the NHL and Gustav Forsling. That's great. That's amazing. I think the Forsling's the fifth round. That is solid. You bring up Trampkin too, and the only reason he's not playing is because he was ha- he wasn't unha- he was unhappy with the way the Canucks organization was going, and he ran to the KHL. They should have him right now. So the and even if those guys aren't some of those guys like maybe um like like if Vertanen aren't NHL stars they're still players that are contributing they're solid yeah that's what you want so apparently the Canucks as of last year 
overhauled their staff. They got rid of four scouts and brought in five new ones as well. All of this is from Ian McIntyre's article. Fantastic read. I don't know if everything is going so well for you. What's the expression? Don't fix what ain't broke or, you know, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't understand this from the Canucks. I understand Jim Benning's a, bit, a scouting guru, as we all know. But this is like when... Like Tampa Bay's worst scenario was when Eisman left. If they lost Pat Verbeek, which they did, and, and there's another their like their other head scout whose name I I cannot remember, but they managed to keep him. And you look at Tampa, we always go out about like the guys they bring in, the Shirelli's and all this kind of these late rounders and all that they find their gems, right? Detroit, you know, time before that, this could set Vancouver back years. Yeah. If you- they- so this is what it says here. According to Matthew Sakaris from TSN, Brackett and Benning's relationship soured after the first day of the 2019 draft. Benning stripped Brackett of all of all his authority and got much closer with John Weisbrod, who is their current assistant general manager. That, wow, that's a lot. I, I didn't even read that part. I just read the part where um, he was offered a two-year contract. I'm like, oh, only two years for this like guy, this like this the scouting guy that does so well for them. Here, so Wisebrod, uh, this is what this is from. Sorry, this is from the Canucks way, Jasmine Yen. Um, it says Wisebrod is a is a whole other can of worms. He's been with the Bruins, Flames, and even the NBA's Orlando Magic. But even though he has a ton of experience, it doesn't mean that it's good experience. With every team, he has experienced experienced plenty of failure, and now he is Benning's right hand man. <laughs> that is a disaster waiting to happen. I mean, the draft is your your blood. You can get away with a lot if you can draft well, and you want to get rid of the biggest gear. And in that machine, isn't isn't Benning a is he not a scout? Is he yeah. not? That's his thing. Yeah. yeah, like he loves doing it. So he knows that scouting, drafting is important. Mm-hmm. His biggest weakness is July first, by far. Sir, we said, what year was it that Gillis came to the team? Did he, did he start, exactly? Gillis or Brackett? Uh, Brackett, sorry, Brackett. O- 08, 09, he was amateur scout. 15, 16, he was um, director. Okay, just because I'm looking, like, Jacob Markstrom's a guy, right? But he was drafted right at 2008, right? So maybe, mm-hmm. like, just before, just after this draft, they bring that guy in. Yeah, like, an, an example of, like, a later round pick. Wasn't Markstrom drafted by Florida? Yes. He was probably the Luongo trade. God damn it. Yeah. Really? That's weird. Okay, I'll stop. God damn it. Well, anyway, um, the Vancouver Canucks are such a fun team to look at because it's just like I feel like there's always a fire waiting to happen there, and I'm I'm happy it's not my team. Like, I know also apparently a bad – something that's going to go even wrong for Vancouver. Apparently the – Canucks were going to make an effort to get the pick back that they trade or a replacement pick from the JT Miller deal. And that that still hasn't been done. And again, if this draft happens in June, which all signs are pointing towards, uh, that's another pick they're not going to be able to get back. How are you planning on getting that pick back? 
No, that's what I mean. Um, he had the plan, but because of what's now happened, he won't be able to. Okay. Which I don't know, but even, even, let's say, you know, the pandemic doesn't hit. I know we're going what if. So he has this plan to get a pick, a first round pick back. What on your team are you trading for a first round pick? Let me put, let me open up their cap friendly because I'm thinking of the players and I can't think of a single one. Daniel, are you trading Quentin Hughes? No, you're not. Are you trading? Like a, Sorry. No. Sorry, this is the thing that I just kind of think about. Like, when you're like, I wish Vancouver was in my team. And it's hard to say. Like, it's it's really tough to say, like, yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm the same way too. Because there's so much momentum going on in this team that you see now what's kind of going on. And they want to get that pick back. I'm like, I don't know. It's like a lot of weird decisions going on. You know this what this year. team is like? This team is exactly like Florida. They can they have all this momentum. They have all these players. You think and you look at Florida. I brought up earlier Borgstrom and Heponiemi. If they were developed properly in Springfield, who knows? Who knows? They had such high potential. On his bad yeah, sorry, go on. No, and I just think you know you wanted you trade for JT Miller and let's be honest, the trade worked out. JT Miller has been pretty darn good this year. But to say you're going to go get a replacement pick, let me redo the players. You get you tell me how you're getting a first round pick back. Erickson, no way anyone's trading for him. Besser, you can't trade Besser, that's just stupid. Horvat you're going to trade Bo, Bo Horvat, your captain. I don't think so. JT, JT Miller, no. Tyler Toffoli's expiring contract. Brandon Sutter, I don't know how you're getting a first-round pick for that. Tanner Pearson, same thing. Roussel, Beagle, same thing. Vertanen? Maybe they get they they uh, they give up on Oliavi. I don't know. Uh, but who's I'm, trading Ulevi for, for who's giving... I don't know. It's a package. For you, Levy. <laughs> he's it's a, a package. He's a reclamation yeah. project. I mean, the only I could see him maybe getting something for Pearson. He's put his 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 career around, but yes, I, but a first for, round pick. No, that's the no. problem. There's, and also, yeah, the only other situation you can get a pick is if you take back a bad salary. But the biggest problem in Vancouver right now, besides this whole situation, they're about to lose bracket. Is that they don't have cap space, and we we we've made the point of Montreal and Toronto being affected by the cap. The Canucks are going to get it worse than a lot of other teams too. There are almost half the league is within a million and a half of the cap. Mm-hmm. Almost I mean, half the on, league on Vancouver. They're trying to win on these entry level deals for Hughes and Patterson. Right, and. I, it's it's not going to be easy for you to get support for those because I don't think Vancouver right now have the depth to make a serious run, and you know they're not going to have the space to add to that either on the off season. Right, they're they're really relying on their goaltending. Mm-hmm. If Markstrom is an absolute wall, if Markstrom comes back, they make the playoffs and is an absolute wall. Maybe they can make a run. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, Flurry can prove that. I mean, do, do they have the start? It, it takes Marks from going on a run and Pedersen, Besser, Hughes, guys who have never been in the playoffs before. It doesn't matter how good you are. It's a different game. Yeah. Those guys have to be amazing in their first ever playoff series. Um, do we have anything else to add on the Vancouver front? No. 
Yes, the winner of that draft of that trade, uh, the New Jersey Devils for that draft pick. That is very true. That that's the first rounder that that they that Tampa for Miller, and then the went to the who I always forget his name. Who Blake Tampa, Coleman? Blake Coleman. Yes. For Calfoot in that first round pick. Yes. No, not Calfoot. No, Nolan Foot. Nolan. Nolan. His oh, brother. His brother. Yeah. The four. Which one is? Which one looks like Adam? But no clue. None of them. Okay. <laughs> I, I considering they're his children, I would say probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, though, Adam Foot, another so many great people named Adam in the world. I'll tell you who's not a particularly great person. Um, Brandon Leipzig has had his contract terminated by the Washington Capitals after a private message from, or multiple messages multiple. from a private group chat were leaked, where the former Leaf, Golden Knight, Canuck, King, and now a former Cap. Made an uh, sorry, I laugh at the fact that this guy's been on a carousel of teams. He was a king. Yeah, he was a king. Oh, I didn't know that one. Yeah, it's weird. Exactly. Um, but now he, in all seriousness, in this conversation, um, there was he said a lot, um, some misogynistic stuff. Um, he was body shaming, he was ripping on his own teammates. Uh, teammates that have done a lot of good for the world. Um, I've got some tweets I can talk about a little later. But I, I don't know where we really talk about, except I saw on Twitter two guys from Ryerson, Will Baldwin, obviously, and Mike Jackster, were talking about something that I think is very interesting. And that this now sets a precedent for, precedent for, for this what? kind. No, it does. Uh, okay. And this is what I want to I want to talk to you guys about because there's no point talking about that we know that this is horrible stuff, okay? Yep. Mm-hmm. And we also know that this stuff is not is unfortunately pretty common. Um, so I want to ask you guys what those two mentioned, and that is, is this really enough? Now that you said a president, like it is president? Sorry, is was this really the right idea? Because the argument that could be made is. Can you really get rid of a guy's contract for this? And now, knowing that everyone knows how common these kind of conversations are, just how much of a mess it can make. Now, I am not ad- I'm not saying anything about whether he's right or wrong. Yeah, I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, and I'm asking I understand. Questions. Yeah. Okay. Do you want? There's many ways we can look at this, but I think if the best way to look at it is, you know, let's just look at reality. I, I, I don't see how it makes sense to look at it in a fantasy world because that helps absolutely no one. Mm-hmm. If, if this was Alex Ovechkin, mm-hmm. his contract would not be terminated. I no. guarantee you. Evgeny Kuznetsov, number one, was fat, was there was a video of him with cocaine yeah. in it. Then yeah. he, t- he said, I didn't do it. Then tested positive for it. He was suspended. If that was Brendan Leipzig, completely different scenario. The punishment is different too. Like with, I know because Netsov, like it was the punishment was more with international hockey. Yeah, but like Leipzig doesn't really have a factor. <laughs> doesn't factor into that at all. He hasn't been an effective player since he was in um, the Marlies. The Marlies. Yeah. yeah, the Marlies, and before that, like yeah. junior. But yeah, the Marlies were the last time he was really. If you for me, if you think that it's this is a precedent for all players in the league, I don't think that's realistic. Whether it's right or wrong is a different is a different question. 
that's not the question that that I think I'm answering. I think is it's not going to happen. If if there's a group chat with Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, um, Nathan McKinnon in it with the same type of thing, you're telling me that they're going to terminate the contract? Probably fair- not. No. Probably not. So then what about this? Let's let's just sorry to interrupt, but let's just how about it? We'll take a step down the road, you know, on a different level here. Uh, what if it was Kasperi Kapan? Oh, it's a tough one. You no, know, man. It, unless listen, if he's a fringe NHL player, that's the only way. I I don't. Yeah. I think listen, there's there's programs with that the league has created. You know, you look at uh, earlier situations that have gone on. You you look at. You know, Slava Voinov obviously is a very different uh, type of situation. He was just pretty much kicked out of the league. Austin Watson, right? He had to go. There's, I don't know for a fact if there's a program like this or not, but I imagine uh, some type of sensitivity training. And another thing, receipts, man. That was talked about at the beginning of the year uh, with Cherry, with Babcock, with Peters, with... Um, who else was there? So many names. What? What? Well, yeah, Babcock, we Peter, at the beginning, uh, Mark Crawford, Crawford. Like the yes. see, but Crawford had receipts. He said, "Hey, I did this, but I also did this to change." Whether I don't, I don't know how you prove that for Leipzig if he's if he, if we get to that point. Hey, man. Like I'm just being. I think for me, I think I'm being realistic in saying that if another player who is better, who's consistently in the lineup, this is released, he's probably just put through sensitivity training. Whether it's right or wrong, whether I think that's the right thing to do, it's not the question. I just don't mm-hmm. think that's what's going to happen. And another thing, a little bit off point here. To yes, what he did is wrong. And in, but it's there's no but. It's yes, what he did is wrong, and this is an issue. This is not a sports issue. If you think this is a sport, just strictly a hockey, sorry, not not even sports, a hockey culture issue, you're blind to social media. You're absolutely mm-hmm. blind to social media because. Um, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, because yes, hockey culture. There's an issue in hockey culture. I think we've probably talked about that more than the three of us would have thought we would have to this year Mm -hmm. but don't pretend like it's just hockey don't because Mm -hmm. there's crap going on in Europe where fans are literally taunting their own players because of their race if you want to look at um be, if you want to look at just misogyny in general, you don't have to. And listen, I'm not a big politics guy, but the whole grab him by the blank thing from the president a few years ago, uh, yeah. that private conversation that was leaked, yeah, it, it, it's it's a massive issue. Um, sorry, Daniel, what do you have to say on this? Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I was disappointed as Brendan is a guy that, you know, I kind of watched a lot of Marley. I went to a lot of Marley's games with him. I was excited when they got him for Nashville, but like taking that aside, it's kind of something to like. This has been the year where you kind of reassess, like, not just... Because, like, I wrote a paper on this about hockey's culture. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of something where, you know, it's... I agree with Alec. It's not like a... 
something they're like, you know, this is something we got to talk about now with the game. It's like I remember I'm speaking with the professor um, at University of Alberta. I'm sorry, not like his name escapes me. I'll check the assignment uh, later on, but it's kind of something where it happens in all sports, like everything, like this, all this bad stuff. Like you know, when people get rallied up, when like these things kind of are left unchecked to a certain extent. But I think the way we kind of see it is when we see hockey, it's like that national identity aspect of things where it's like we hold it onto it. Like, you know, this is Canada in a way. It's like, this is something that's special and it's something that uh, we kind of hold like more dearly to us, but it's kind of something where I kind of find it's just another aspect of like, this is what's going on in all of sports. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's sad. Just, it's just we have that that sentimental piece to it because we're Canadian. Just, just to be clear, there is an absolute issue with hockey culture. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, listen, it's and I think hearing it and I don't know what if they're saying what they're saying is true or not, but I'm I, I trust these guys. What I hear that used to happen from Anthony Stewart and Justin Bourne on Hockey Central. Even if you probably listen to Overdrive, O uh, Dog, uh, Noodles, uh, things yes have gotten better. Are they the way they should be? No. no. No, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done within hockey. But I think a lot of issues that are in hockey are a lot of issues that we have in society as g- in general. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you can sit there and say you you have to fix hockey culture. It's a lot of like the things that he's talk he's put in those messages are not just things that are, happen in hockey. You go on anyone's post on Instagram, like we were talking, and it's a little bit of a different situation, but there's always people poking at at things like Romanov. Let's say, oh, Sandine's better. If you go on any post, like. If you go on uh, uh, Justin Trudeau's Twitter or Instagram po- comments, you go on Trump's Instagram or Twitter comments, it's an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. It is a literal nightmare. So it's not just a hockey issue. All right. Uh, anything else to say on this, gentlemen? Uh, did you guys see what Brett Hall said about it? Yeah, I heard. I listened to the interview. It was. Um, do I do I want to know what Brett Hall had to say? <laughs> no, he okay. Here's the thing with the Brett Hall interview, in my opinion, like reading what they wrote about it, and then actually listening back to what he said. It it, it it some of the points he made were valid. It's just he went to the next level with some of the things. Yeah, he did. That's the issue. Wait, just give me give me like. 30 seconds what what did he say pretty much saying like there's no fun there's no more fun in the game yeah. because of like all go, like there he's complaining about people playing xbox and bringing their xbox yeah, that everywhere <laughs> and that made me laugh yeah and, and i'm like man there's more ways to have fun than just do whatever he's talking about yeah, but he took like you have to read it i don't remember it off the top of my exactly yeah. way so off the top of my head but <laughs> I have it here. Okay. Uh, Daniel, yeah, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Okay. Um, all right. Well, this is what Brett Hall said, and I quote, 
We can go out after games. We can go to strip clubs. We can go to bars, and we can do whatever we wanted, and it would be all hearsay. The fun is gone, he added. The game is not fun anymore to me. Well, after right. he said the game's not fun anymore for me, they talked about fighting, so just uh, yeah uh, that like that part and then moving on later on to the interview he said same thing you said these and i quote these guys they take their xboxes on the road with them and it's so sad it's the nature of the game right do you want to go out and have everyone with their cell phone on you or do you want to just make sure you don't get in trouble if you want to make an argument about being social instead of cell phones, that's one thing. But yeah, he's going a bit too far there. Took um, it to the next level, and it was funny. You have to go back and listen to Hockey Central with him. I think to hear how he said the point he was making makes sense. If you think about it, it's a now is a lot different than when back then. I think I think players now are a little more hesitant to do go out and do certain things because they are not illegal things just to be clear just things in general it it doesn't have to be illegal Um, you know you can have fun in legal ways that's just that's possible Um, you know this interview uh, made me uh reminded me of in a funny way it's like it's like it's the prototypical hockey movie in the 80s yes the 80s yes yes. yeah (laughs) we always joke about moneyball and the whole his girlfriend's a six don't don't draft it just comes to life there. Um, just one more thing I want to read here, um, because amongst all the bad stuff here, we always remember that there are there are always good people. Um, this is from Twitter user at Holt Holtby Moly. Uh, Moly. Quote losers. Nick Dowd and his. This is in reference to um, Brandon Leipzig calling his two line mates Gar- uh, Garnet Hathaway Nick Dowd losers. Right. Yeah. Uh, quote losers. Nick Dowd and his wife partnered up with the Caps to create sensory kits for kids with autism so they can enjoy Caps games. Garnet Hathaway created Hass Heroes to give back to responders, sorry, to first responders who risked their lives to help us all. You are the loser here, Leipzig. And that was the tweet. So um, just remember, there are always good people out there, especially Nick Dowd. Uh, Garnet Hathaway are two of them. Anyway, guys, I think it's time to finally hit the main event of the evening, and that is... Of course, our last episode was more of an impromptu one where we looked at each team. We went through our own little Seattle expansion draft protection list with some asterisks there, of course, because we're a few years ago way in contract. are a bit questionable. But I think before we go, of course, I just want to show you guys some stuff. So this is, of course, the uh, original. This is why you should be checking out the ladies and gentlemen. I'm currently holding up the original. This is the thumbnail for last episode on YouTube. It's my crack. And earlier well, last night, I wasn't feeling too well, and I was I was just bored. So I decided to make this new logo, and it is a better crack. He's holding a CCM goalie stick. I don't even know if CCM makes goalie stick. I just it was the first brand that came to mind, and it is wrapping its tentacles across the Stanley Cup, trying to steal it from the St. Louis Blues. Now I put this on Instagram, right? And I'm just going to check the poll really quickly because I put the picture. <laughs> Dana, you, you are, you are so nice. I can't believe you voted yay. So <laughs> I put it up and then I asked yay or nay. So I've got so far, um, I've had 11 people vote on it. Four people said nay. Um, two of which are people um, I know from, uh, from back in the day. Um, really good friend of mine and the guy I went to cadets with as well. Is it us? Um, it's no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> is it but one one of these people um one of the two i used to know messaged me and uh, she she was giving me flack for how bad it was it was pretty funny 
And uh, yeah, the other guys I went, a guy I went to cadets with. And, I, um, I also voted no. I was going to get for Alex. And then the other two people who voted nay against my logo was uh, Alex. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, our friend, Alex, Daniel, you know her, a beer said oh. no. Oh. <laughs> uh, Danny, though, or Talha. Shout out to you, my good my good guy. A friend of mine named Tyler OJ, fellow Habsman, went to high school with him. Uh, Donald Higney from Ryerson said oh. uh, yay. Curtis James, a guy I went to high school with. Uh, Emma with the purple hair from uh, Ryerson, too. She said yay. Thank you, Emma. Uh, Daniel, thank you for saying yeah. yay. And our friend uh, that we went to 31 Thoughts with, Josh. Uh, Lee Span awesome. also said yay. So thank you to everyone there. Um, if you want to see more content like that, check out all our social medias. Um, I should start using mine more, so I will do that, guys. Don't worry. Uh, but anyway, it is time. We have a thumbnail. We have the official logo that I will be using. Seattle, get back to me. I will take uh, royalties as well. So here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to go through each individual team, and we're going to list who we drafted for that team. So let me just go quickly get up all 31 teams that are cap-friendly, and we will go. So while I'm just getting this already. Um, why don't you guys tell me about how you think your teams, you know, shaped out? I think they're interesting. I have no idea what uh, approach I took to my team. Mm-hmm. For me, it's uh, pot- I like the one word I use is potential, because there's a bunch of guys that I think were sheltered a bit on their other teams that, you know, you don't you don't throw them into the fire, but you just see what they can do with like a bunch of minutes. Mm-hmm. All right. Whatever. Well, my- yeah. Sorry. Oh, just remind me of like Alex Tuck. On the like Golden Knights or Shea Theodore, where like you know these guys got barely any minutes on their teams, and then they go to Vegas, and then they become like cornerstones. That's very fair. All right, um, so everyone has their list ready. Yeah. Yep. All right, Alex. This is sorry, Daniel. This is your favorite team, even though you deny it. Uh, who did you choose from the Anaheim Ducks? Okay, um, I picked Jakob Larson. So. Okay. Potential guy, you know, it's a guy that I wanted the team to protect in our initial uh, protection lists, but there are just too many defensemen on the Ducks. Uh, you know, 27, 2015, great left-hand guy. You know, he was, like, one of those main guys on the junior teams for Sweden, and it just hasn't really been there for... Like, he came in early for the Ducks, but, like, ever since then, it's just been here and there between San Diego, uh, the Seagulls, great name, in the AHL and the Ducks, so he just he goes to a place where he get the he could get the top six minutes. I like it, uh, Dan, uh, Alex. God damn it, who'd you? Pick? Uh, I picked Danton Heinen. All right, center man. Center, twenty four years old. You, you don't. You kind of know. You kind of don't know what you have in the guy. Uh, they traded. He what deal was he part of? With Nick Ritchie. He was part of the Nick Ritchie deal. Yes, yes, he was. Yes. Um, and I think it's just a guy. Just a guy, man. Just, just a guy. You can throw him in the middle six. Yeah, why not? No, the hell not. Okay, so I I kind of went for a mix of competitive and as well, like if there's a player I couldn't pass up. Ryan Kessler. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> when it, first of all, my cap hit was $77.9 million for my Kragans. Oh, Lord. So I kind of um, – there was a time where there were six or seven teams and I just kind of needed to pick scraps, and I needed an, another goalie, so I chose Anthony Stolarz. <laughs> okay. I, I had nothing else. I would have chose Getzlap, but I didn't have a cap. So <laughs> it wasn't good. 
I had PK too, but oh no, I. I never oh mind. my. Okay, so Nashville, he has PK. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nash- oh, Nashville, New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. My bad. Okay. Got um, confused. Alex, why don't you tell me who you picked from Arizona, please? Christian Fisher. That's a good shout. Uh, young guy. You know, you don't like. Just another guy you can develop. I feel like that's with a lot of my guys. They're either guys that you could develop or just kind of just throwing in there. Um, twenty three. Still an RFA. Solid. Like uh, solid. Solid. Solid guy. pick. Yeah. What about you, Daniel? Who'd you pick? Uh, I already kind of hinted to this when we were talking before the episode. <laughs> Nicholas Yalmerson. And the way I kind of see it is, yeah, he's been a bit injured here and there, but still has about two more years on his contract. And I don't know, I had like a vision of a similar, like he could be the captain of the team. It's just like the silent kind of captain type, like like, like a Mark Giordano. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, that's that's fair. He's um, We had a hard time choosing who to expose, and Yarmerson was definitely one that we – we all agree two or three years ago, definitely for sure. Um, it's a risky pick, Daniel, but um, I like him. He's a nice guy. Swedish, too. Uh, I also picked Christian Fisher for the same reasons you really did, Alex. And uh, also, I was looking kind of weak on my right wing, so I kind of have to do something there. Um, for the Bruins, I selected Matt Grizzlick. Okay. Interesting because pick. it was... Um, I, I, I didn't... I can't even remember. I just... I looked at... I, I went... <laughs> There wasn't really a lot else there from what I remember, and I didn't want to take an older guy like um, like David Krejci, as simple as that. Uh, what about you, Alex? Uh, I picked Nick Ritchie. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, you need some toughness on your team, some truculence. Okay, okay Brian. You never can't have too much of that. And, and it's another forward guy you can kind of just throw in there. Um, yeah. I, I don't think there's a lot of guys that I picked who have – top line potential but I think there's a lot of guys who have middle six potential and he's another guy that you could just throw in there I like that uh, Daniel um, okay so I always mess up this has been like this for the last two years I always mess up his name Alex always corrects me uh, Alex, uh, Zach Sension yes Sension yeah I picked him you know 15th overall in 2015 um, hasn't really gotten a lot of opportunity in the NHL, but like he's proven that you know he's you know he he's proven two things: he shouldn't have been in the top fifteen, but he's also proven that he could be an NHL guy. Right. So I'll pick him here. That's a good pick. Um. Then while you're here, Daniel, while you're stopping by, who'd you pick from Buffalo? Buffalo. Okay. Um. This one was a tough one, but I I went with um. Say it, ladies and gentlemen. I went with Brandon. Brandon Montour. I knew it. <laughs> Former Anaheim Duck, and that's the name I picked too. And yes. hey, hey, guys, we all picked Brandon Montour. <laughs> Daniel, well, why don't you tell us why we all picked Brandon Montour? Because <laughs> um, to pick. Yeah, I don't know. He's a great commodity kind of guy. You know, like you know what you get with him. He's gone through the Duck system where like. You know, this guy could score. He could skate. He could not. He could okay at skating. You know, solid seven out of ten on skating. But you know, crucial right hand shot guy that you know he could just plug him in to the lineup and he'll do something. He's a defenseman mm-hmm. drafted by Anaheim. 
That's enough. <laughs> That's enough you right there. Okay. Top four D. Why don't you start us off with Calgary? So I went uh, young on this one, and I actually drafted a goalie, uh, Tyler Parsons. Young guy, he can uh, play in the minors. I don't see why it was see why uh, not. You know, obviously I looked at Brody and Hamannick, but I think I have some other options that uh, I like a little bit better. And I didn't really see anyone on the forward, and that really interested me. So mm-hmm. I went with young goaltender, 22 years old, Tyler Parsons. All right, Daniel. Um, how about you? All right, this one was kind of a complicated one for me because, like, I was going to go with, like, that idea, like, the potential again, but I was going to see with a young guy, like, what you kind of really got. And my first, initially, before this episode, I had on my list was Sam Bennett. But I kind of felt that, you know, at this point, you kind of know what you got with him already. No matter where Calgary put him in the lineup, top six or bottom. Uh, So I went with Yusuf Valamaki. So, 21, he's still coming into his game, but he's someone that I think is ready to make the jump or at least be in a sheltered bottom pairing for Seattle. I think that's very fair. Uh, I selected Andrew Mangiapani. Uh, just, you know, a nice, solid young guy, great name. Um, and at this point, when I got to the Flames, they were another team that I just needed a guy. And I just I looked at those two defensemen we mentioned earlier and I thought, ah, UFAs, no, not really. Uh, so I, yeah, I want Andrew Mangiapane. Um Just Mangiapane. You can make me a pizza. Uh, that I don't. That was pretty bad. Uh, and then when it came to Carolina, I selected Vincent Trocheck. Really? That's interesting. I needed centermen desperately, and at this point, I had a lot of defensemen. And uh, I, I, did, I think everyone available in Carolina was a fantastic pick. So, uh, Alex, you. I feel like you have another player so i'd like to know who did you pick from. i do have another player uh he is a forward it is nino niederreiter nino yeah uh i really think in the last few years nino niederreiter you know playing in minnesota you know didn't really uh it, it was uh interesting then uh paul fenton absolutely got right was paul fenton who got murdered on that trade Yes. Was it Victor Rask they got? It was Victor yeah. Rask, uh, Minnesota got. And you know, you need a rider. I feel like he's just been killing it. You know, honestly, I love Carolina way too much. Um, and I really like Nino Niederreiter. Daniel, I took Jake Bean. Yeah, I, I honestly thought you were about to say Jake Gardner. <laughs> you said Jake. I'm, I'm my heart sank. Jake. <laughs> My heart sank. I took Jake Bean. Um, we talked about it last episode. You know, Carolina was going to bleed either in the offense, offensively or defensively from this. So I took Jake Bean. He's the youngest out of the team. He was a lottery pick. Um, and it's just someone that, you know, he Carolina might not miss him, to be honest, with the amount of guys they're coming up but yeah. and the people they already have on the defense. So I take it here. Someone that he could come into the NHL as well. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's decent. Um, so, Alex, why don't you tell me, who did you select from the barren wasteland that is the Chicago Blackhawks? Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot for me to um, choose from, so I went uh, good old right-handed defenseman Connor Murphy. Fair enough. Uh, any, anything special about him, the fact that he's right-handed? Right-handed <laughs> All right. defenseman. 
Daniel, uh, a who'd good you pick? bottom pairing defenseman. Solid, ridiculous Yarmerson. Anyway, uh, Daniel, who'd you go with Chicago? I took Dylan Sakura because he's proven to be like kind of like a quality bottom six guy that could skate, and that's honestly I could I, all I could take from Chicago. All right, uh, I took Malcolm Subban, man, because I'm on a mission to make sure he plays for every team in the league. <laughs> He's getting expansion team as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> gonna do it. He's gonna be he's gonna be flipped in training camp because of something's gone terribly wrong. Um funny fact, I'm pretty sure he was picked the the selection before Montreal. I would have loved if they had. And I've reunited him with someone special later on, which we'll we'll, yeah, we'll already, get no, you already spoiled it. You said, yeah, uh, you said PK. Alex, you, there's a I feel like it was a slam dunk who to take from Colorado, Alex. But I want to see if you guys made a different decision. Who'd you take? Slam dunk. Did I miss someone? Who'd you pay? Who, who, who'd you who'd you take from Colorado then? I I don't know who this slam dunk is. I'm reading over this list again, and I have no idea. I picked well, JT I, Confer because he's a center and he can he can play down the middle and he can play on the right wing. Who, who did right. I miss? Um, hold on. Uh, Is it Daniel, Josh Anderson? Josh Anderson's on Columbus. No, no, he's not. There's a Josh Anderson on Colorado. Oh, defenseman. it's like the 21 year old defenseman. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't. No, no, I don't care about that guy. Okay. I'm, okay. Yeah, I got <laughs> no idea. What about you, Daniel? Yeah, yeah, you, come he's... on. Give me the I, pick, I pick Philip Grubauer. Why? Um,. I don't know. Deserves another chance. You know, it's a low cap hit, and you just need someone to. You know, I looked through all this list. I'm like, what other goalie are you going to take from other teams? Um, we we left two pretty big ones open. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it could be a tantum one. We'll see what happens throughout. The- <laughs> that's that's fair enough. Um, I went with Ryan. Is it Ryan or Adam? Ryan Graves. Ryan Graves. Is that the guy who you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. He was super solid. Young guy, too. Man, I can't believe there's another Josh Anderson. Maybe he has a better agent. Uh, but, hey, um, talk about Josh Anderson and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Daniel, who'd you take from Columbus? I took Boone Jenner, one of the greatest names. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, you could kind of – he has that aggressive sandpaper kind of game that, you know, could translate if you want grit on that top six or do you want him to just be like a really really solid third line center mm-hmm. that's a very fair that's a type of player Pittsburgh would need Alex who'd you take from I the took, I took Nick Felino. 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 my god um, all pardon all star yeah well listen man he's uh you, you, you do need that leadership in the room and yeah he's uh, getting up there in age he is 32 but you know who he could be like Derek England in Vegas. He was that real leader in the room. Okay, that's my reason I picked Nick Foligno. Um, I also picked Boone. Um, from what like I think I read somewhere that he was a decent two-way player. I feel like that's where I got the thing of him being good with some Rachel Dore. I think she talked about he was a very underrated two-way player. So I'm going with Boone. He's just, what a great name to you. Boone Jenner. Uh, We'll go over to the Central Division now and we'll look at the Dallas Stars where I have selected maybe a risky pick, but a player I never have felt like he got a fair 
start, and I'm going with Julius Hunka. Hunka. I have yeah. the same pick. Ooh, okay. Yeah, why, so did do you, I. why did why did you guys pick Honka? Why not? Why? Um, for me, I think it really was. Yeah, he really didn't get much of a fair chance in Dallas. Um, it, and, and yeah, you know, you're taking a chance. Is he coming back to the NHL? Uh, probably. I, I think he'd kind of be perfect for a team like this. Uh, you don't really know what the team's going to be like. Is he going to automatically play in the NHL? Is he going to have to go back to the AHL for a little bit? You never know. Mm-hmm. But he's an NHL player eventually, like sooner rather than later. What about yeah. you, Daniel? Why? Um, you know, he's had those bad negotiations with the Dallas Stars. You know, he's clearly on his way out. He doesn't want to play for them. He was a first-round pick for them. That's a big loss. So he goes somewhere where he he's kind of guaranteed minutes the moment he goes to an expansion team. Yeah. That's fair. Um, how about Detroit? Alex? Um, I took someone I vouched for during our expan- uh, protection list, Brendan Perlini. Same here. You know, he's 24. He can play on either side. He's played on the left wing. He's played on the right wing. That's kind of, you know, um, Chicago traded him for, I believe, Alec Regula, who's playing in the OHL this year. You don't know really what what you got yet. It, it's an interesting one. He hasn't worked out uh, Chicago. He was in Arizona, correct? Yeah. Who who did he get traded for from Arizona? Why isn't that? He was Dylan he was traded Strom? with was yeah that? for uh, for he was both of them were traded for Nick Schmaltz. Wow. Oh, okay. And and this is a guy he could p- potentially work out. That's the reason I picked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, who'd you pick? I picked Madison Bowie because okay. he has the NHL experience already. Um, I don't think he fits into Detroit's long term plans. But it's a guy that I knows that I know he could play in the NHL. I'm surprised none of you picked Jimmy Howard, to be honest. Yeah, I thought about it, but I thought no. Go off. I did too until I saw like when I saw his age, I'm like, no. Yeah, and then I saw he had two wins and like twenty five losses this year. That's Man, it's I'm I'm looking, right? And I'm thinking, damn, poor Jim. And you talk about Bowie not being part of the future plans. I don't think a lot of these players are a part of Detroit's future plans. No. To be, uh, no. uh, like I said, I took Perlini too. And going to Edmonton, I selected Adam Larson because okay. I. this is a guy who is still a great defenseman, a great defensive defenseman, and I think he could really benefit from a fresh start. Um, Daniel, why not? Yeah, same thing. Um, I think with this move, you get a solid right-hand shot. And I don't know, Edmonton in a way kind of cleans their hands off of the Taylor Hall kind of thing. They kind of just move on and go like, you know, let's not look about that. Let's not think about that now. Let's focus on our team. But, you know, it's it's something where, you know, they kind of have to – you're moving forward with Ethan Bear, uh, Oscar Klappbaum, and Darnell Nurse. So, And you have like, you know, what's it like, Philip Roberg and um, Evan Bouchard coming up. So they could take the loss here. Yeah, I picked someone different than you guys. Who'd you pick? I picked, it's still a defenseman. I picked Caleb Jones. Oh, 22. I, it's real, this move's really for the future. Okay, that's yeah. fair. 
Um, we'll go to the Panthers. Again, one of the most disappointing teams in the league. Alex, who did you select from the failing Panthers? Yeah, this was um, an interesting one. I, I wanted to go for a goalie, but I didn't really think... I, I, you didn't know what you were getting out of Chris Drieger. Samuel Montembeau, I don't think, has turned out to be anything yet. <laughs> anything, period. <laughs> uh, I went with Frank Vitrano. You know, you get the experience. Interesting guy. You, know, you, you can see what you get out of him. It's, it's kind of what Vegas did, right? Just picking guys you don't really know. I mean, yes, you know about Frank Vitrano, but you, you don't know what he could be. All right. Um, I like that. Great name, too. Frank Rochano. Uh Daniel, who did you pick from La Florida? Um, I picked Henry Borstrom. Was that an option? Was that an option? No, we protected him, didn't we? Oh, we yeah. protected him. Oh, my God. Well, while Daniel is redoing his... My floor- mistake. When <laughs> uh, Daniel's quickly redoing his Florida pick, I'll tell you that I started away from those Calgary defensemen because of UFA stuff. But if there was a player I was going to try and keep and re-sign from, um, from being UFA, it was Evgeny Dadunov, because uh, I, I love the name. There's this YouTuber named 2BC Productions, 2BC, yep, yep. and um, he has this famous simulate, like, uh, he's really good at GM modes in NHL 20, does a lot of NHL 20 stuff. And one time, uh, years ago, he I forget what team he was, but he was playing the Habs, and the Habs had this player named Evgeny Dadunov, and he just kept scoring, and he just... He's become a giant meme on that channel, so I, uh, I'm i going to select Evgeny Dadunov. Uh, Daniel, do you have a new selection from the Panthers? Yes, my mistake. I uh, protected Frank Vitrano by accident. You fool. Uh, no worries. Um, I, I'll pick Anton Strauman here. He can still play. Um, experience there. I don't know. He's one of those guys, the late bloomers, that like it's like a Giordano. You don't look at the age. <laughs> yo, yeah, yo, Gio's old. I didn't realize how old Gio really was. Uh, we're moving on, though, to the LA Kings. And when I look at the LA Kings, guys, I think, damn, there is nothing there quite yet. Uh, so you were just talking, Daniel. So why don't you know what? No, Daniel, I'm not good. You've lost your right to go first this round. Alex, tell me, who'd you take from LA? You know, there wasn't really a whole lot to pick, uh, to pick from. No way I was picking Jonathan Quick. Um, sorry, man. Um, I went with leadership and experience, and I need to fill my cap. Um, Dustin Brown. Yeah. Oh, Dustin Brown. The ghost of Dustin Brown. Yeah. Is that all leadership? Yeah. I, I went and with the pick. cap. Sorry. And cap. I'm, I went with a pick because Daniel kind of joked about it. I went with Tim Schaller. That's the only reason why, because Daniel made a joke about it during the draft. And who'd you pick, Danny boy? I picked Ben Hudden. Ben! Oh, Great I love show. Ben. Great show. Great name. Ben Hutton. Yes. Uh, good, good, uh, good, solid guy. You know, I keep saying that for a lot of these def- like yes. defensemen. Oh, I get, yeah, solid, yeah, solid guy. Yeah. Good, good team player. Um, yeah, safe pick. Um, I was thinking Jonathan Quick, but I feel like it'd be like a Mark Andre Fleury situation where LA is like, hey, take a take a draft pick as well. Yeah. So we'll see if that happens, but you know, that's hypothetical. Uh, we'll go I can't to the- believe they gave up a second round pick. I know. Did, did yeah, they not lot- just come off a cup win? Who? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, they they were desperate for money. Oh my god. Um, we'll go to a. I was incri- I was incensed that this team. Sorry, 
What am I saying? I was I could not believe we didn't protect this player in Minnesota, and I know exactly I've exactly who you're talking about. With the, the winner of the of my first ever Fulton Reed Award for best defensive defensive investment, I'm taking Jonas Brodeen. He's quiet. He'll do his job. Uh, what about you, Daniel? Same thing. Jonas, Jonas Brodeen. Jonas Brodeen, and we move on to La Alice Canadian de Moria a Jishwazi Atuli Lekunin. Atuli Lekunin is one of two opening captains, by the way. We uh, all selected Arturi Lekunin. <laughs> and for some background, Arturi Lekunin, great guy. Um, he's a good penalty. He's just such. A, he has so many good things, and he gets so many great chances. Once he starts burying his chances, man, that's gonna be a good. He's a good player. Like he's just a good, nice little player to have. He's not like he's not like an incredible dude, but he's just a solid player, and he's got a great sense of humor. He's Finnish, so there's nothing wrong with Arturi Lekunin from Finland and from Nashville. Let me ask you, Alex, who did you take from my most disappointing team of the year? Uh, I selected Colton Sissons. He's on a little bit of a. Um... Sorry, long, longish contract signed to 2026. Uh, he is, in fact, 26 years old. He can play down the middle. He can play on the wing. He's a great... Like, I... This just seems like a guy you want on your team. Mm-hmm. Also because I didn't think anyone else on this team was... Uh, pickable. <laughs> Daniel. I picked Kyle Turris. Nation <laughs> um, project. Hey, yeah. Hey, if, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, someone that uh, I feel that needs a new team <laughs> desperately. Yeah. Um, Capit's kind of wonky there. It's pretty long, but he's only 30. Um, he's proven he could play in the top six as a center before. And to be honest, at this point of the draft, like when I was looking at my lines, I didn't have a center, a top, like a top center. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just put him there. I, I get it. Like that's a guy. There was some players in the league you just want to succeed. You want to see succeed, and I think Kyle Terrace is one of them. He's such a such a great guy too, and he he escaped from Ottawa. So I uh, I actually went. Yeah, I had the problem looking at centers, and I thought if there's a centerman, I'm going to try and resign as well. Um, it's going to be Mikael Granlin because I think he is fantastic as a two-way player and I've always had a very big soft spot for him. And I'd like to keep him in one place for long because, of course, he had his kid last year the day after he got traded and I feel really bad for him about that. Uh, I'm just going to take it away from New Jersey because I told you I'm bringing PK the deep to, uh, to Seattle because, I yes, it's a big cap hit, but something that we all need to remember is uh, marketing. Um, Seattle is going to be a successful franchise, nonetheless. But for my jersey sales, I want I want they, PK sells. All right, PK is a brand, and I love him. Uh, it's just, it's as simple as that. And he'll bring former Olympian Lindsey Vaughn around with him. Uh, so Alex, tell me who'd you take from I the depth? Did not select PK Subban. I almost selected <laughs> Connor Carrick, but I went with uh, Jesper Bratt, young guy can fit into your NHL lineup now and has potential to be a good, darn good player. Daniel! I picked P.K. Subban. All the reasons you said already, Adam. Let's go. P.K., great guy. And I don't think... I I also think maybe a fresher start would make P.K. look a little... a little better. Uh, Let's go to the New York Islanders, guys. And I I have a feeling we all went out of the field here and chose the same guy. So I'm going to start with you, Alex. Um... Whenever you say that, I don't know if I yeah. selected the same so guy. Never mind. 
Yes, yes, we uh, get it. it. Did did you? I have this feeling you sec selected Josh Hosang. I did not go that way. Um, mm -hmm. I went with Devin Tays, uh, left-handed defenseman. That's something I think. Looking at my team is something I lacked a little bit. Um, you know, he's only twenty-six. Still has some years left on him, obviously, and seem to be an important part. You know, anyone on New York on defense seems to be an important part of their team. So bringing that to the Seattle Kraken would be lovely. I think that's fair. What about you, uh, Daniel? Uh, yes, and the biggest mistake ever, I picked Sebastian Ajo on defense. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, went with, I actually went with Cal Clutterbuck. Um, I wanted that personality on the team, a guy that you know, for sure, could kind of excel in that bottom six. You know, I know he's 32, but, like, looking, like, other than Cal Turris and, like, Subban, I picked a bunch of young guys. I, this is a guy I would want on, like, a young team. Yeah, and that truculence, I, okay? Don't forget yeah. about that. I, I don't know what to say about the, the fact that you <laughs> that guy. Um, <laughs> the cow Part of the best fourth line in hockey, according uh, to uh, though now we're gonna go to the New Wait, York. Who did you pick? Oh yeah, yeah. I chose yeah. Josh Hosang. Josh Hosang, um, right? Okay. I was looking okay. kind of so we didn't we didn't pick the same guy then. No, no, we did not. I I, I smug and missed there. Uh, we go to the Rangers. I selected Brandon Lemieux because he's a prick. Oh, that's interesting. Um, he's just he, he's a player. I think everyone would love on your team, yeah. but you playing against him and I think uh, I think the Rangers would actually hate to ha lose him and I think uh, if things go wrong for my Seattle team I think I could get a good price for him I I went a different direction I went I uh, looked at their defense uh, Libor Hayek Libor, I think that's how you pronounce it 22 years mm -hmm. old uh, he split this year between the AHL and the NHL uh, whether he comes into the NHL first year maybe maybe not because uh, since I picked a couple of older guys, but he's a guy for the future. I like it. Uh, Dan the man. I picked Elias Anderson. Oh yeah. He wants to get out of New York, right. and he wants to he wants to play. So only twenty one, seventh overall in his draft. So that's that's like for me, that's something that Seattle takes. I think that's fair. In a heartbeat, I think. I've always liked Elias Anderson because of him throwing his silver medal in the stands. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people weren't happy about that, but I loved it. I thought, there you so go. It's okay You're not that ah, never mind. It's okay. Never mind. I'll tell you after. So we, we had this argument before. No, I, well, no, I was just going to say, you're okay with him throwing the silver medal over, but the hockey players have to wear suits. Those are opposite. Yeah. Those are opposite spectrums. People who yes, of course it is. Once first off, once an on the ice ceremony where for some reason we want no, to. No, but I'm saying people who think it's okay for him to throw the medal over are the same people who think the hockey players don't have to wear suits. And opposite, right? That's all I'm saying. So you're just on different spectrums. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, it's a so it's a compliment, well, actually. No, I'm, I, I am feeling so sick. Like, I am trying, trying to truck through this, guys. I won't lie to you. Uh, we'll go to the Ottawa Senators. I selected the reindeer Rudolph Balsers. Me too. My right wing does not look great. Um, Why'd you select Rudolph Balsers, Daniel? Sorry, anyone? You know, Alex, go on, and we'll discuss why not. I yeah. picked uh, Chris Tierney. I needed a center who can, 
fill in uh, on my top in my top six because I realized that uh, a lot of the players that I picked are either young or not top six players. All right, and and Daniel, uh, tell me why we all love Rudolph Balsers. He already looked great in one during that Eric Carlson trade. Like, and he's already proven it at every level. Even with the Sens this year, like he's consistent. He's a guy that you could keep growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while you're here, do you want to tell me about who you selected from the Flyers? Yes, I went kind of off the board with this one because I've always liked this guy's game, uh, Robert Hogg. Hag. Hag. Okay. Um, Hag. This is what I like. You know, he's not. No, not a pretty player, but uh, he gets the job done. You know, he'd be like your bottom pairing or your seventh defenseman. I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Uh, how about you, Alex? Who do you select from the Flyers? I picked Nolan Patrick. I'm taking the chance on Nolan Patrick. Uh-huh. I like it. I like it. Um, I, I know we had a very heated debate about Nolan Patrick. And uh, I do want to make it very clear. I hope his career is a great and successful one. But uh, I went with uh, the Flyers being one of those teams where I needed to fill in spots. So uh, my fourth line, no, me, my fifth center is uh, Derek Grant, who's uh, a former duck. <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> all there is to really say about Derek Grant. There's not much there. Remember? Do you, remember, do you guys remember the show Life with Derek? Yes. I loved that show when I was. Is it the same guy? No, I'm kidding. Man, I draft. You know what's weird? The guy who played Derek and the girl who played Casey dated. Was what? Really weird. Yeah, they dated for a bit. Oh. I know it's it's really weird. Uh, but I'll tell you what also is weird. I hate the success that the Penguins have. So guys, who do you want to steal from that Pittsburgh Penguins? Because there's a player who is there who is an RFA that I think we all should have taken. Matt <laughs> Alex Murray. Yeah, Matt Murray. Matt Murray. Okay, good. We all picked Matt Murray because he is a gold ton. I know I have been rude about Matt Murray before, but uh, he has still but been it's there. The right he's, answer. Yeah, he's mm. he's one, and he's a controllable goalie who's an RFA. And I feel like a team would pay a pretty penny for Matt Murray if things went south. So move on from the wildly successful Pittsburgh Penguins to the uh, team that just can't win no matter how hard they try. The San Jose Sharks, guys. Who did you pick? We'll start with Mister. Glass, you're both wearing glasses. God damn. Um, Alex, who'd you pick? Uh, I picked Radim Simek. Um, I, I feel like I kind of went off board here. I, I talked to someone uh, who is a San Jose Sharks fan, and he told me lovely things about this guy. And to be honest, I looked at the rest of this team, and I didn't really see much else to take. I wasn't taking Joe Thorne. Uh, I could have taken Melker Carlson, and there was literally no one on D that I, I would want. So, Daniel. Rodham Simek is my guy. Alright, Daniel. I took Michael Carlson. Uh, top nine guy. Uh, can do something. You know, I'll see how he does without a center like what San Jose has, but I'll, I'll take the rest on him. I like that answer. Um, I, <laughs> um, I took Joe Thornton because I thought, man, we need some character. We need a real man's man, so I selected Joe Thornton. Um, I have him playing with Christian Fisher and another player who we'll get to a little later, but I love Jumbo Joe. I've been very passionate about this guy in the past, and um, I will trade him to a playoff team period, not just a quote-unquote championship-level team. I will give Jumbo the chance no matter what 
um, is out there. Uh, St. Louis is the home of my captain because he's the only guy who has more than like two, three years left. I've selected Justin Falk. Oh, so me too. Know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I he's, thought he's you, probably- to be honest, I thought you were going to pick Marco Scandella. I'm not going to lie. Oh, no. Not I, when Justin Hulk is sitting there. Okay. Let's move on to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I Who would you guys take, Alex? Uh, I went really young on this one. Uh, you know, I, I had to jump at the opportunity to pick up Cal Foote. Uh, when he was drafted, such high potential. Uh, obviously, there's still, obviously, there's still potential there. Um so I'd like to take him on, throw him down to uh, the the minor team in Palm Springs, Florida. This this the Syracuse Crunch. No, no, <laughs> no. They're they're opening the uh, Seattle team. No, that's the Vegas team. Never mind. I don't know where the Seattle AHL team is. Never mind. I was excited. All right, uh, Daniel. Excited. I took Andre Palat. Why? Um, you know, he's he's proven himself already. I kind of keep saying this a lot, but yeah, he's proven himself twenty nine only. Cap hits like kinda of big, but you know, he's a guy that could play in your top six right away. And uh-huh. he's someone that, you know, he's just just like a guy that he could score. Uh just to be clear, the Seattle uh AHL team is in Palm Springs. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. The Seattle Thunderbirds. It's WHL. That's dumb. That's very dumb. Okay. Um. Well, I, I selected Calfoot as well. Pretty obvious answer. And we'll move on. Alex, you're the Leafs, the biggest Leafs fan here because the other person is a Ducks fan. Um. So, Alex, who did you take from the uh, Leafs? I picked Andreas Janssen. He had it down here this year, but he has potential to be a quite a good player. You know, he's 25. Let's see what happens with Andreas Janssen. Daniel. Same pick. <laughs> same uh, I almost same went, reasons. I, I almost went with Jeremy Bracco, but I Man, that guy that. needs a new team to go to yesterday. Yeah. Um Man, the thing with with Janssen, he's kinda like Kasha that I like him. I just want him to stay healthy and then I can see what you want. Yeah, that was the the uh problem this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't you guys start telling me who did you take from the Vancouver Canucks? Daniel, why not? Go ahead. I took Tanner Pearson. Uh, always liked this guy. I'm, I'm, I'm fa- like I'm a big fan of him ever since. Uh, again, the real juniors. Um, he he could play in that top nine. He's been consistent throughout his career. He's had like maybe that one off season, that one like really really off season with the Penguins, but you know he's bounced back pretty well. Mm-hmm. Alex. I took Michael Furland. Uh, you know, he had a off year this year. Obviously, he was injured pretty much most of the year. But I, I really think if he was in the lineup the entire year, he would have been another, uh, maybe not a massive game changer, but he has that, he does bring that grittiness, that truculence to the team. So I, I, I really like him. I like him on my Seattle Kraken. Krakens. Mm-hmm. So. Uh,. I did have Tanner Pearson, but I was I had cap issues, so um, picking PK really handicapped me here. Mm-hmm. So I have this one with a cheap guy that, like, man, like there's so much potential, but the guy just, just can't put it together. I went with Nikolai Goldobin. 
Uh, so, I mean, yeah, there's there's not much to say. There wasn't a whole lot in Vancouver. Back to that conversation. What did they have to trade for a pick? We'll go to the the Washington Capitals. Uh, they finally got a cup a few years ago. They're decent now. Alex, why don't you tell me who you're stealing from the Capitals? So I feel like I went a little bit off the board here. Um, I picked a goaltender, and it's not Braden Holtby. I picked Phoenix Copley. You know, he... he he signed, I believe, a three-year deal, uh, $1.1 last season. And it, he really hasn't gotten the chance uh, with both Samsonov and Holtby there. You know, if Holtby leaves, maybe Copley gets a chance next season. But I'd like to have him as my backup for Murray in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Dan Eel. I picked, uh, I kind of went off the board as well. Um, I picked Lucas Johansson, so the brother of Ryan. Um, yeah, um, he, yeah, they're brothers. He, you know, he was a first. Oh, uh, he was a first round pick. He hasn't had a chance really in Washington, so he gets a team that he gets to go to a team that he gets to play for. He's already twenty two, and he he's been consistent. Um, I chose Holtby just because I I wanted to have a scenario where I had Holtby and Murray at the same time. So I, I can bring cap yeah, hands together. I, I was thinking of that too, but I uh, because of cap issues, that's why I picked Grubauer over uh, Holby. Wow! And hey, how did yeah. that go against the Blue Jackets? <laughs> it did it. Uh, and then we'll finish off with the Winnipeg Jets. Who man, I feel like a bully taking something. I won't lie to you guys. So um, Daniel, you're the sweetest of the three of us. So you decide to steal from the lovely Jets. You know, you guys go first. I. Uh, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm looking back on mine now, and I'm like, I don't know if that was a solid pick. So I'll see I'll, what you guys. Pick I'll go first. first. I'll go first. I picked Sammy Niku, who Same. I can't believe we had him unprotected. I think it's who did we have again? Was it because of? Um, I think we may have gone the different option of like choosing. It wasn't just like the three defenseman thing. I think it's just so. offensive, and we're like, "Hey, let's just let's do something about this," because you weren't going to give up Kyle Cotter. Yeah, I went with Niku too. Uh, he's got some great hair, really, really good hair. No, we did. We selected Morrissey, Pionk, and Logan Stanley. Do we want to change that? I don't know. No, See, that's why I'm thinking of that because I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking. I don't know. It's too late. I just stole Sammy Sammy Niku from the. From okay. the Winnipeg Jets. Right. And Mr. Honorable mentions himself, Daniel. Why don't you finish us off here? Yeah, you know, it was a toss up for me. It was going to be either Sammy Niku or. Um, what else did I have? Like, I had Matthew Perot, to be honest, on this. Leadership. I, leadership, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll go to Sammy Niku as well. I'm surprised Daniel didn't have more honor- honorable mentions this episode. I yeah. did, but, like, I realized, like, this three, like, these third, what is it? 30 teams. I'm yeah. like, no, I, I, I can't. I can't. I had to cut down the list. You would have had a <laughs> roster of 60. Two uh, honorable mention for each team. Yeah. You'd have a baseball team, basically. <laughs> yeah. Coming up to the pitch. <laughs> Brayden helping. Oh, my God. That's All right. Um, I guess that's everything, guys. Um, a, a good episode. I'm really enjoying this episode, um, as I do all of our episodes, because they're all fantastic. Um, okay. So, are we ready to 
announce the big announcement, or do we want to no, wait? Wait. Can I add two two things uh, before yeah. we do it? And I have an update too. Okay. Uh, Can I have two things I'd like to say beforehand? I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. So today, two things. Um. Happy Mother's Day, oh, as yes, always. Yes, of course. Yes. Happy Mother's that. Day. That's the biggest thing today. That's very. Ah. Uh, yes. All Thank our mothers are amazing. Yes, mine's the best. Second, and you're gonna laugh at this. Well, actually, no. This is like two two other things after the Mother's Day thing. Okay. Today is Happy Birthday, Ryan Getzlaff. Oh, happy birthday, my guy. And my, and pretty funny. Um, I never knew this growing up when they became two of my favorite players, but on May 16th, a day before my birthday, is Happy Birthday, Corey Perry. Really? Happy, yeah. Happy early birthday, birthday, Corey Perry. Um, I I do have an update. So I ordered my Lego, and it was <laughs> coming on Monday supposedly. It was supposed that's... to come on Friday, but it got delayed. Um, tell the listeners what you ordered. Uh, Kylo Ren's ship. Man, that's wicked. Um... Solid centerman. I don't know. I I see him more as a winger. I see like yeah. I see a lot more attack out of that of him. He's a more he's a crazy guy. He's obviously in that. He demands a trade every like two years. Yeah, I, I, he kind of reminds me of Alex Semin. There's a lot of offense there, but um, he doesn't last for long. Shall we say he uh, he's going to be gone by the end of it? He was a hat. It was so weird. Okay, um, I think that is everything. Great. Right? Yes. All right, um, Alex, would you mind doing the yeah. end thing? Uh, if you like this episode, uh, make sure you like it. Click subscribe, the red button at the bottom. Um, if you're on YouTube, if you are listening to on, uh, uh, oh my God, if you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever you're listening on, uh, make sure you subscribe to us too so you know exactly when our episodes come out. Make sure to leave a review, a comment, whatever the hell you want. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it. We probably will. Make sure to follow us on social media. Everything's down in the description. And make sure to go to our Instagram page and follow us. Because we love followers. Uh, and we, we love you. Okay? That's we love you. We love all of you. 